What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 29 of the Flip Screen Games Podcast, a weekly video game podcast where two best buds from different nations get together to discuss the wide, wide world of video games. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. Hello, Steve. It is a big week in the world of video games. We have our first, well, depending on who you ask, 10 out of 10 of the year with Elden Ring, getting just rave reviews from most folks all across the web. Of course, uh, Souls-like games, famously not our thing, but uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Could this be the one that gets us over? Who's to say? We've got a bunch of questions from you folks at home all about Elden Ring. So, of course, we're going to have to talk a little bit about that. We will also be checking in on our progress with Horizon Forbidden West. And, you know, if we have some time, maybe even checking in on those, their predictions. Because we've had a couple updates on those so far, uh, just two months into the year. So, a, a banger of an episode, sure to be ahead of you. But before that, let me remind you that this episode of Flip Screen Games Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of February. February. They are, of course, Mary Berry, Christian Oliveria, Christopher Valenz, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Asobi, Smoky Shake, Wakahula, and Zade Ida. If you want to be an awesome supporter of the show just like them, you can head over to patreon.com slash games and get a bunch of perks and goodies thrown your way, including access to our weekly exclusive show for patrons one more thing uh where on this upcoming episode so not this one but the next one we'll be talking about my band's first show in new york city which will be a great old time i had a, had a wonderful little weekend so if you want to hear us talk about what's going on in our lives and you know some of the stuff outside the world of gaming uh that's the best way to do it you're muted i can't hear your smart you don't remember well you know i'm saying i'm i'm not mute now but do you remember what we spoke about you can't remember can you no no not at we all. spent we spent almost two hours ranking chocolate balls. oh my god and... yes who could forget <laughs> of course the incredible chocolate ranking steve and i spent almost two hours ranking over 70 chocolate bars from america from europe from the uk all over the map and we put them in a, a classic tier list. We actually even got some input from the community on this one. I I think this is this one is, is well worth your $2, folks. So uh, if, if you've never taken the plunge, if you're a Patreon supporter and you've never listened to one more thing, uh, heck of an episode to go listen to. Listen to us go see where your favorite chocolate candy, specifically yeah. chocolate candy, ranked, and tell us why it's not as good as the Reese's Cup. Spoiler alert. Or the sticks, because I love the sticks now. Uh, yeah, them. you're a convert now, right? Because they're the fucking bomb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, if you want to go check that out or get a bunch of other cool stuff like uh, archives of our weekly Twitch streams on Wednesdays and Thursdays, early access to our podcasts every week, there's a bunch of really great goodies you can get over, the, over there. And of course, it is the best way to show your support. But if you don't have any money to toss our way, that is, of course, no problem. There are a bunch of ways that you can support the show or get involved that won't cost you a nickel. You can go and give us a rating wherever you listen to the show. Give us a like, share, subscribe if you're a video viewer. Uh, those are the biggest things you can do to help out the show, right? If you've got somebody in your life who loves games as much as you do, who thinks, uh, who you think would enjoy the show, would enjoy being a part of the community, please let them know that we're out here and you enjoy what we're doing and that we would love to have them be a part of it. So, uh, speaking of the community, bunch of ways that you can come and get involved, keep the conversation rolling after the show. Come and join our Discord. Write into us at questions at flipscreen.games. You can find links to all of the ways you can get in touch and get your thoughts read on the show, just like a bunch of people did this week 
for our question block segment uh, by heading over to flipscreen.games. That is our website where you can find links to everywhere we are on the web. Wherever you want to get us, you'll find a link to it there. So, Steve, the main the main topic on everybody's mind this week, of course, in the year uh, in this our year of the year of our Lord 2022 is, of course, Elden Ring has dropped and it has sucked all the oxygen out of the room, right? It is the best-reviewed game of the year. Uh, if it maintains its status right now, it will be one of the best-reviewed games of all time. This is a game we were both planning on skipping. How are you feeling about that well, decision now here on February 27th? Well, so so I didn't end up skipping it. I ended up buying into the hype and picking <gasps> up the game. Have you started it? Yes, I have. I'm a, I'm probably about five, six hours in. Wow. Um, I don't get it so far. That I'm just like, what is the appeal of this game? Like, seriously, <laughs> oh, what am I missing? And like, I get that all the reviews are like, oh yeah, I'm 40 hours into the game and it's awesome. But I'm just like, I'm coming at this from Horizon, one of the most beautiful looking games ever made. I come to Elden Ring, and in comparison, it just looks like trash. It runs at, like, ridiculously unstable frame rates on Xbox. It's, like, between 45 and 60 FPS, so it's just all over the shop. And thankfully, I have a VRR screen, and so it's no real problem. It smooths things out, but I can't imagine playing this game on, like, a fixed refresh rate monitor. I just... I just... I can't. It, it would be crazy. Um... And then on top of that, like the launch has been a disaster. None of the network features work on Xbox, so I haven't been able to try any of the co-op stuff, haven't been able to read messages that people leave, haven't been able to leave messages myself. And like these are key core features to a Souls game that I just have not been able to utilize because it's just been broken on Xbox from launch. <laughs> but aside from that, like, I get it. I get that this game's hard, right? That's the appeal. It's... It's kind of, I guess, like Metroid. You learn the moves, and you beat the boss, and you get that sense of achievement. But aside from that, you can go around, and you can explore, and you can run about in this. The exploring stuff's really fun, because there's this horse, this, like, fairy horse that you can, like, summon, and he's got, like, a double jump, and it's awesome. And there's, like, weird stuff happening in, in the world, like cows doing barrel rolls and stuff, and sheep what? doing barrel rolls. It's just bizarre. <laughs> first trader you find is dressed up as santa claus it's just all very weird the story is hot nonsense as you would expect i genuinely am like struggling to follow what the fuck is going on that's they the all thing, speak steve. in like the the old english that's the thing though steve <laughs> if you were a real souls fan you'd know that the only way to enjoy the story is to play the game twice and then watch a bunch of youtube videos about it so you can actually understand what happened <laughs> <laughs> and like, I get that that's not really really the point of these games. It's you're you're here to learn and 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 like defeat these bosses. But the boss, there's just there was zero chance I was going to be able to do it. And and I've seen Gene Park on on Twitter talking about it and how he it took him four days to get to the point where he could go and attack that boss and and beat it. And I just think I'm way off of even that i think it's probably going to be like a week before i feel like i'm at the point where i can level up enough and i can i've got the equipment that i want 
And the the learning curve, like aside from the fact that the game's difficult, because I get it, that's the appeal, that's the point. You know that going in, right? Like that's you know that going in. You can accept yeah. this. There's so much crud and stuff that just was so confusing to me. It, you click new game, and it just shows you this whole screen of like a hundred different classes, and yet they're not really classes like they would be in a traditional RPG. It's just the equipment that you get and you start with. And that was so unclear to me. Like, I had no idea that basically all of your stats are the same across all of these. And it's just essentially the equipment that you get up front. And so I just picked the one that looked the nicest. And it's it totally doesn't match my play style. It's not what I probably should have gone for at all. Um, I think I need to play this as like a tank. I need shitloads of health. So I even stand a chance of being able to defeat any of these enemies. Because I go into caves or, or catacombs or a ca- encampment or whatever. And all of a sudden there's like six enemies on me at once. And I, that, I'm just toast. I stand zero chance whatsoever because I'm just not used to the controls. Because the controls to me, and I guess to a Souls fan... Like you're used to them over the years, they're just so fiddly. Like left, push the left stick in. I'm expecting to sprint, like in any game, and that's crouch, and it just makes no sense to me that that's crouch. To like dash, you have to hold down B and move at the same time, and I always get myself in such a fuddle. Um, there's no real way to know who in the world is like an enemy and isn't an enemy. You can like push the, you have, unless you push the right stick in and if you can't target them, then they're friendly. So I've like walked up to someone before I figured that I should just keep pressing the right stick to find out if they're friendly or not. And he's just turned around and sliced me with his sword and just like stabbed <laughs> me and that's it. And the most annoying thing about that is you lose your money. And and it would be fine if your money was just used for buying things because there's crafting in this and, and, and you know, that solves a lot of the problems. Once I'd bought the crafting pack and bought the recipes for um, crafting arrows it got a lot easier the game was just like right okay i don't have to spend all of my money on arrows all the time like you use that money to level up as well so you lose the money and you can't go get it back in time or if it's if it's in a position where you know you're never going to be able to uh, like go pick it up off the floor again it's gone for good and so any achievement you made in like going through an encampment and like battling all the enemies and getting all of the runes you can't then use that to level up to make the game easier for yourself because you've lost it all and i got to this point and i just felt so cheated it really like it made me turn the game off i was so angry at this point I'd found this camp with like a bunch of these warrior dudes in and and I was so proud of myself. I took them all out because I'd spawned my like three wolf things that I can do and I'd spawned it and I'd gone through the camp and I got to the end and I'd taken out all the people, all the rats, all of the the dogs that were eating me. I was so proud of myself and I thought, right, now I get the achievement, right? I had this sense of achievement. Went to open a chest and instead of there being like a nice juicy prize in there for me, it teleported me to another location. The other location was like 10 times harder. <laughs> it, it had like a spell on the place, so I couldn't use potions. I went straight out. I got shot instantly, insta-death. I lose all of my money, everything that I just achieved in that encampment, it was taken away from me. It was stripped. I felt so cheated. I was so mad. I turned the game off and I didn't go back to it for like a good few hours. I was just so angry with it. I guess you got to get good, and, Steve, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that's what everyone says, right? It's just you just got to keep playing. Like it'll, you'll, it'll click with you. And I just, 
I don't think it's going to click with me. I don't I don't get it. I just I'm at, I'm at this point where I'm just like with all the performance issues, with the nonsense story that I just can't follow with like a world that looks all right visually but is nowhere near as beautiful as something like Horizon. I'm just like what am I missing? You're struggling I to just find really yourself need someone. in the experience, you know. Yeah. yeah. I need to I need someone to explain to me like what I'm missing. What is the Allure, what is the the magic source that I'm missing missing here? Because I'm clearly missing something. You know, all of these critics that are saying it's ten out of ten can't be wrong. And it but, and I just feel like I'm the so, I, I wanna jump in there just because I think that that's something that we talked about this with, with our, our kind of dive on on horizon last week, right? Like I think I think that people really need to learn that like quality Right. And like like those things like it's quality might be objective, but like taste is subjective. Right. Like they can all say it's a 10 out of 10 and be right. And you can not like it still, you know, like a 10 out of 10 doesn't mean it's perfect. Right. Like there's literally no piece of art and it's impossible to make something you not even take art out of it. Right. It's impossible to make anything that is perfect to every person. Right. Like everybody has different taste and it just might not be for you, but it could also be the thing that like, maybe you do need to put a few more hours into it and like, let it click for you, you know? Cause I have heard a lot of people say that, that it's not like, uh, one of those, Oh, the game gets good 40 hours in type things. It's more like a, you understand how to play it. Eventually you stop, like you get used to the idea of like the risk and reward and like, that that's you know all part of it or whatever but i mean it's it's never quite clicked for me either so you know it could just be a taste thing for us but i don't know right it's like i felt that way about metroid and then dread was like a good yeah, inroad exactly. for me you know but but i didn't like dread right reason. away either though right like the first uh, uh, hour no, I or was so on that. I, I loved that game i thought it was fantastic right from the beginning i was like yeah i get this this is so good the first hour or so i played it i was like oh yeah this is cool like i'm i'm, I'm interested in this but like it it took me like probably two or three hours before i really had that like okay now i, I get this i get what i get the the reward cycle that's happening here you know um i'm i'm interested because oh here i want to i want to um take jump into a couple questions here from one of our patreon producers is uh who wrote in with this patented three question formula and said number one what's your reaction to the elden ring reviews slash scores two are you looking forward to elden ring if so what are you specifically what are you interested in specifically about the game and then three do you guys have any experience with with from soft games so i think this gives us some good background so i think for me um i'm gonna go in reverse i to say i have experience with these games i think would be disingenuous I have tried them. I have bounced off of them every time. I've tried starting Dark Souls twice. I've tried starting Bloodborne t- at least once. And I just I bounce off of it every time for a number of reasons. Um, a lot of what you're calling out, Steve, right? It's like I find them to be obtuse. And, you know, I think for... All- right, well, let, let, let me give an example because I think people are just be thinking like, oh, well, like, what is that? You know, they, they put an icon on the screen... And I had no fucking clue what it meant. I had to Google the fucking thing. And there's like forums and Reddit posts. Everyone Googling the same fucking thing. And it looks like a picture for me, to me of like a railway tunnel. 
and it means you can summon spirits in that area. And it must have told me at some but point, like once, at yeah. once on the screen, or someone told me, and it never tells you again. And it's just the most ridiculous way of showing you that. That and like the some things are items and go in like a, a pouch. Some things are counted as equipment, but there's no real consistency as to what counts as an item and goes in your pouch and what can go into like the quick hold section and what counts as, as equipment. And like the fall damage, you jump off of a ledge. You have, it's like, it's really just like a gamble as to whether you're going to take any fall damage or not. Cause seemingly you can jump like the Hulk at times. And sometimes like <laughs> the tiniest little trip, you'll break your ankle. So I don't know. And so like that, that kind of stuff has always been what, I found to be a turnoff, you know, I think like in general, um, I'm, I don't know, like I, I like a game that presents a challenge, you know, like I, I don't necessarily like games that are like punishingly difficult. So like, you know, I think a lot of people will like immediately write off our opinions about these games, like just based on that alone. And like, that's fine. Right. Um, but I think for me, it's, it's not even a matter of like, the difficulty it's like okay i i find the way that the game communicates with me and the way that they communicate things like you're just saying right like that's something that like i shouldn't have to ask that question right i should know what an icon means and i should be able to figure it out pretty easily right like little things like that just really it, it is weird to me how much people are just like, oh, no, it's fine that it does that. That's part of the charm. And it's like, I don't agree. Like, that feels like just like weirdly, you know, um, that's bad conveyance, right? Like, it's not it's not conveying what it what it wants you to know clearly. And like, I think yeah, a lot like, of games, I think any other game would have like, and it, and it is similar in other games, right? Like in Horizon, for example, when you can use your Valor stuff, but it explicitly says, like, hey, right, here's the button the that you press, you open, don't forget. It's like Valor, press R1. And like, I had to figure out that in order to use the spell thing, I had to assign it to an action in my pouch even though it's not really an item and it's like equipment because it's like a magic thing I can do. And yet I still can't figure out how it recharges. I think it only recharges when I go to like a campfire thing. It's really unclear. I just, I can't figure it out. And I, I'm sure if I Googled it, someone would give me the answer instantly. Sure. But, but that is the kind of thing I feel like should be told within the game. I, simple I find it frustrating that like the a lot of hardcore souls fans like have that attitude where it's like oh but like the part of the fun is like discussing it with the community and learning these things and and it's like okay but like I feel like the game should be teaching me those things not I shouldn't have to go on reddit and chat with other people to like learn how to play the game you know and like that's something that has always just felt weirdly impenetrable a little bit to me but um, yeah, and there's and there's like other minor little niggles that just really frustrate me in terms of the controls. Like, I bring up the map, and I don't know about you, but when I bring a map up, I I always click the same button I brought the map up with to close it. Yeah, like always. So like in in this game, you click cheese slices on the Xbox controller to bring the map up. You can't click cheese slices again to close it because that brings up the help on the map, and all the help tells you is like what buttons to press. So you have to click B to close the map once you open it up, which fucks me up every single time. Yeah. Because if I click the burger button, it brings the menu up 
and I can click the burger button again to take the menu away. So if I just want to see how many runes I've got, I can click I can click the menu button and then I can click the menu button again to close it. And it's little inconsistencies like that that just really frustrate me. And I still it's still to this day I like can't comprehend how difficult it is to change weapons. Like you have the bow in one hand along with the buckler and like your sword in another hand if you're doing like a sword and sh- and shield kind of situation. And I was trying to change it when I was on my horse. But you can't change the weapon you've got equipped when you're on your horse. You have to get off your horse, change the weapon, then summon your horse again, and then you can get back on. And it's just like, why? Why can't I just quickly change it? And if I want to change back to my sword, rather than clicking the right button, the right on the D-pad where my sword is, that will instead unequip my sword. So when I do manage to go back to it, I no longer have a weapon attached and I'm punching everyone. And I just, my brain just can't figure all this stuff out. I want a weapon wheel and I want to be able to go, I want this equipped like any other game. And I get that that's, you know, that's not what fans of the genre want. They want these like quirky little ways that it's always been. I guess. And, 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 you know, I don't know, maybe it is just like a, I don't know. I guess maybe with some of those things, it is just like a taste thing, but yeah, it's very interesting to me. This is going to sound like I'm I, like a dig, but I really don't mean it that way. So just take this walk with me, listener. I feel like from the outside looking in, it feels like the Souls community is like a cult where it's like, it, like if you're on the outside, you're like, I don't get it. Like, why do people like this? And like, why, why does this connect? But then like people, the, everybody who likes it likes and says the same shit about it where it's like, oh, like you just got to get past that. You, you're you going to be intimidated, but you'll play for like 10 hours and it'll kick your fucking teeth in and you'll have this moment where you get it. And then all of a sudden you're obsessed with the lore and you're obsessed with all of this. And it's like... I I want that. I really do. Like I want to get it and I just don't. And I I also have never really committed to trying one. And that's I think the thing, right? Like I want to give it a real like earnest try so that I can see if it's something I can get into in the way I did with like Metroid, but I also feel like with Metroid I'm wondering if it's the same thing where like I don't think I actually like Metroidvania's. I think I just liked Metroid Dread. And, like, I don't know that, I don't know, I don't know that I, I can make myself like it, you know, but um, with, you know, to to get back to Asobi's questions, like, I was definitely, and we both were, right, like, neither of us had any connection to these, like, Souls games or the From Software stuff, neither of us were looking forward to Elden Ring, I think it was literally the reviews and, and everything that piqued any level of interest, so my reaction Absolutely, to it was... Yeah. Oh, shit, I guess I have to try this, huh? Right? Like, if it's a 10 yeah, it out of 10... Yeah, literally the only reason I bought the game, because, one, we had a bunch of questions from, from listeners, and I was like, Pete, one of us needs to play this game so we can at least, like, give some yeah, level of input as to what we think about it. We should have got somebody who likes them on this week. That would have been the move. <laughs> and, and two, it's just like, yeah, I also saw the review scores and i've never tried one of these games i've tried the demo of dark souls on um switch so whatever one that is i've tried that that demo i just didn't i never got far enough in it it's a bad port too right yeah i found i found the movement clunky and stuff in that one 
And this one, it was like, okay, so it's it's that mixed with Breath of the Wild with a bit of Skyrim thrown in for good measure. I was like, you know what, I could probably get on board with that because the and the and the way like people like Jason Trial were describing the the way you fight bosses and things in these type of games is like a rhythm game and it's just like learning it and 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 just practicing it and and getting it down. I was like, yeah, you know what, I think I could I think I could go for that, but so far I'm just I'm I'm at the point where I'm just like, yeah, still still don't get it. Still Still Do you think you're gonna play more, with or are you gonna bounce off? I f- I feel like there's you, an- you know, you, you know I do think I'm gonna play a little bit more. I really want to try and beat the first boss because the, and the first mandatory boss because there are a bunch of bosses you can they're just wandering around the the world. So there's like a big giant in the first area. There's a tree guardian on a horse that you can fight if you want to. And you can just ride away or run away from them. You don't have to fight them. But there's one where you go through the gates of the castle and you have to beat him in order to progress the story. Otherwise the story just doesn't really go anywhere. Um, and I want to try and beat him so I can at least say, right, I, I beat the first boss. I learned how to do it. I got past it. And and I gave it a good shot. And if I still don't like it after that point, I don't think I'm ever going to like the game. Uh, but exploring the world, I have been enjoying. It has been fun to ride around on a horse, get that sense of exploration again, um, seeing all the random things in the world, like those uh, barrel rolling cows and the people in the world and stuff. I do miss the quest log. I do miss being able to find things rather than someone just going like, hey, yeah, can you help me? There's a fort to the south that's been taken over by monsters and I really need it to be um, I really need it to be recovered so I can go back there. One, you have to remember and find the fort and then you have to remember exactly where on the map that person was that gave you the quest. So you've then got to go back. I, I think that's really irritating. And like I, I saw Jason like tweeted about that and was like, oh, you should keep notes and blah, blah, blah. And that like started this big discourse that, you know, I think he, he was very critical of was like, I didn't mean to start this discourse and I, it's a good thing and blah, blah, blah. But like. I got to say, I hear that, and that's like an immediate fucking turnoff to me to be like, this is the exact same kind of thing that people were like, this is annoying in Link's Awakening, but in this game, it's Masterpiece. Why? Because From Software made it? Like, I don't know. I feel like there should be options. I feel like there should be options in this game. Like, let me have... No, but that's the thing. These these games aren't allowed to have options because then it's compromising Miyazaki's vision. Like, this is what these people say, and I just don't understand. I want to feel this way. I want to get it, but I don't. (laughs) Like, why do you think this game shouldn't have any level of... Like why it's shouldn't not even level difficulty? But like, why can't there be HUD options, right? Why can't there like be? Because there is in Breath of the Wild. You can turn off like the mini map in Breath of the Wild. You can turn off the the quest things in Horizon. There's like guided and explorer mode. Why why can't I just have a mini map if I want one? Why can't I have like pins that it's navigating me to if I want to? Because when there's an enemy chasing you, that's another thing that I forgot to mention. You, get you can't around. even open the map. You can't no, you can't like the you know, the the music comes on, it's like, oh, you're in fight mode kind of thing. Yeah. And you're just galloping away and you know you're gonna get away from this enemy because he's just running towards you at a snail's pace and you're on your fucking horse. 
and you can't even open the map to see if you're going in the right direction because the map's just blocked off when you're being chased or when there's a fight happening. You just It just won't let you view it at all. You can open any other menu. I can go and craft some arrows while someone's chasing me, but God forbid it will let me view the map so I can see if I'm going in the correct direction as to where I want to go. I've just got to get to safety before I can open the map again. Yeah, I just... I don't know, you know, like I that just that to me is like doesn't it doesn't feel good and I don't see how you can justify it. I really don't. And like I know that it is just like a taste thing and that like, you know, some folks really love that shit and like would be critical of a game like Horizon for like being oh you're just checking boxes and you're doing this and you're doing that and like, you know, I I guess it is as simple as like a, a a taste difference when it comes to that sort of thing. Cause like, I don't know, like I get the appeal of like being lost in a world and feeling less like on rails and not feeling like, Oh yeah, I can just follow the golden path and get where I'm going to go and you know, whatever. But like, yeah, I just, that, that doesn't sound appealing to me to be like, Oh cool. Like there's this side quest option for me. I have no idea where I'm supposed to go and I need to take notes to remember where the quest giver is and things like that. Like that just doesn't, that doesn't seem like something that is like, I don't see how that is going to be, make that experience more rewarding for me versus making it feel like more work to get the part that's rewarding. You know what I mean? But yeah. And, and I can understand it feeling rewarding that you've done all the work yourself. Right. And it yeah. does feel like a yeah. more, it feels like a more realistic world because there isn't all of these constructs that have just been put around it. You're not checking boxes. Right. You're actually having to do the work and find it and navigate the world in a way that would be realistic, which reminds me a little bit of Firewatch, right? You could either have the compass and it would like point and put it on the map with the red dots to where you were, or you had to use the map and you had to look at the landmarks around you and try and figure it out. And you could play it as one or two modes. One was like a video game and one was trying to be like more realistic, like yeah. a simulation. Well, kind of and thing. like Breath of the Wild was a lot like that, right? Like you had a quest log and it would be like, oh, so-and-so said that they needed help with this, but they, it didn't like tell you where to go. Usually it would be like, oh, it's like you got to go south at this fork in the road or whatever like you could still have it be really vague but just be like when someone gives me something to do just give me a list so that i can keep track of it like yeah anything anything and like i guess that. if everyone's having to write their own journals because i've got a notes uh notes app note on my phone yeah where i've just started writing things down uh when i find things because and if everyone's doing that, why not just have the log in there? Like, I've got Fort to the south beyond the Mistwood, and then I've got Lanya, the guy in the round table's looking for her. And and if I find them, I've got to go back to the round table and tell him. And if I do the fort, I've got to remember where the dude on the map was. And I've put, like, pins in in all the positions where I've been given the quest, but I just have to remember which pin it is. Yeah, like, for me, like... to that specific one. That feels like the kind of thing that would dissuade me from doing side quests rather than being like, oh, yeah, like, let me take notes and, and make sure... Like, I feel like I'd just be like, fuck it. Like, I'm not going to find it. And if I do, whatever. Like, fine. But, like... That I don't know. I like, like you kind of have to do the side quest, or you're just not. You haven't got a decent weapon. You haven't got decent armor. Yeah, and, and you're not high enough level to be able to go and defeat the mandatory <sighs> bosses. You kind of have to do the side quests. I just don't know that are presented to you to be able to progress the game. So real quick, I wanna I wanna share something. So uh, I texted um, a, a good friend of mine. Uh, 
a guy named Jack. Uh, we went to college together, and he was the first person I, I podcasted with about about games. And uh, he's like a he's like a more casual Souls fan. Um, and he and I talk about games a lot. And when I saw all the reviews, and I was kind of like getting wrapped up in it, I sent him a text and I said, "Help! I want Elden Ring." And he replied with, "He was the only person who was helpful to me in this because every other person I tweeted about it. Everybody in our community was egging me on. My a couple of my friends reached out to me and were like, "Get it! Get it! Get it! Try it!" And he he <laughs> messages me back and he goes, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 just came out. Elden Ring is going to share every single gripe you have with the rest of the series to date. It's going to piss you off. And it's not even good looking. So you won't even get the benefit of getting to gush over the quote unquote next gen visuals you impulse, bur- you impulse purchased, you daft fuck. <laughs> and I said, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely right. Like... Everyone talks about how gorgeous this looks, and I'm just like, are you looking at the same game? Like, what is it about it? Like, everything just blurs into one for me. The textures look terrible, the grass, the draw distance, the popping's insane, even on an Xbox Series X. I'm running this in performance mode, granted, so presumably the draw distance is reduced a little bit, but in quality mode, the frame rate dips below 30 frames a second, and I'm just like, this is unplayable. The fact that there's, like, such a frame rate issue on PC and the next-gen consoles and everything is, like, very strange to me. Again, like... It's not ready. It was. It wasn't left in the oven long enough. That's the problem. Well, and it's just. It's just again. It's. It like I find this frustrating, right? Because like this is the kind of thing that the same people would criticize a Horizon or like an Assassin's Creed or any other open world game would be like. It's unacceptable that this is sub sixty frames per second. It's unacceptable oh, yeah. that it doesn't uh, provide like digital... this or that. It's like, but for this game, yeah. it's like, well, it's the artistic vision, so it's fine. It's like, what are we talking about? I don't even like... think it comes down to artistic vision. Like, I saw Digital Foundry's PC review on it, and Alex Batalia, who did it, is a fan of the Souls game, and he was just scathing about it. It was just like, it doesn't the work. Shadow, shadow detail sucks, it's frame rate is terrible, and he was like, right at the end, he was like, oh, and I left the cherry off the cake. It doesn't support screens wider than a 16 by nine aspect ratio so you just can have black box around the side of the screen it only renders in 16 by nine it's just like it was like in 2022 this is frankly unacceptable every single time in on the pc version you encounter a new enemy or you you will just a new weapon for the first time or you open a door for the first time there's like a stop it like freezes for a split second as it loads the asset in for the first time it loads it into memory and then it displays it to you and it's just like how is that acceptable on a brand new game in 2022 it's not they famously have not had good versions of like peace on pc you know like i remember at launch dark souls didn't work and you needed a fan patch to have it actually like run properly like i don't know man like i i I, again it's like i don't want to be so negative like i don't like to be negative about anything especially just something that's just like not for me and not to my taste but I just I'm I'm confused often by like the narratives around these games and like the consistent ways that people talk about and appreciate and enjoy them and that like and it just is stuff so I just can't see it, you know? But I don't know. You know, the I guess to put a pin on this bit of it, right? Like for me I my reaction is it makes sense to see those scores because the like folks who like souls games love them 
and and really connect with what's going on there. And all of the pre-release conversation around this game was that it was exceptional. And, you know, like, I, I am sure that it warrants that score, right? In, in, for what it does well for the folks that want it, right? And, like, a game can be a 10 out of 10 and have frame rate issues. A game can be a 10 out of 10 and have, you know, um, whatever other, you know, technical or, or whatever problems that can be patched and can be worked on. Well, or yeah, I mean, like, look, look up, it is look up it Breath is. of the Wild, for example. Like, I consider that to be a 10 out of 10 game, and it has serious problems. I don't care about the story in that game. Uh, there are frame rate issues all over the place that have been patched and improved over time, but you go into the, the forest and it's just like, it's like walking through honey. And and I can look over those because I enjoy the rest of the game, and I'm sure if people, if people love the rest of this game, that that can be looked over, and it will be patched. And this was, you know, it has only been out two days as the time we're recording, right? And so I do think we need to give them a little bit of time to to patch things because, as we'll get onto when we speak about Horizon, there was a patch that recently came out this week that solved a bunch of problems for me. So. Um, we do need to give them a little bit of time there, but yeah, yeah, I just don't get it personally, and I want to like you, and I hope that I can understand it more over time or by playing it with other people. I know Smoky Shake said that if I want to play some co-op with them when it starts working again, then I can because they're seemingly good at the game, unlike me. Um, I could see be that good being a good a little bit. I, I was thinking about maybe like, do I get it and try to stream it and see if I can get somebody like Smoky Shake to like jump in and like hold my hand and coach me a little bit like for you know the the beginning of it um and try to get used to the rhythm of the games because I, I i know a couple content creators who like got into a game or finished one of them when they had historically bounced off of them by like having chat there to help and interact and have people that are like passionate about the game kind of help parse some of yeah. the obtuse stuff for you where it's like oh like this is what's happening in the story right now and then you could be like oh cool like you know, and start getting your feet wet in it and get getting inundated in that world a little bit. Because, um, I, you know, I don't know. It's tough. Like, I, I, I don't like being negative about, about things. I like liking things. You know, like, I, I, I would love to love all these games and be like, fuck yes, like, one of the games of the year, 10 out. Like, that's what I want out of every video game, right? And, like, the reality might be that it just isn't for us and it's not a game that we're ever going to feel that way about. But like, that doesn't mean that it isn't a 10 out of 10 for, for those folks who feel that way. Right. So, you know, for at the very least, I'm, I'm happy um, for the crowd that's been eagerly waiting for this game for a while now. Like it feels like they're all really, really having just the time of their lives today, eh, this weekend. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to take that away from anybody. You know, I, mm-hmm. I have one uh, anecdote I'll share here, and then we've got another question about Elden Ring before we move on. Uh, so I I mentioned earlier my band played a show in New York last night, and the band that invited us out uh, is this band Marinara, who's, who's great. And uh, one of the band members kept, like, when there was breaks between songs, kept just being like, hey, everybody. Elden Ring, huh? And then, woo! <laughs> so great, great, great crowd work. Great crowd work from Marinara there. Uh, all right, so this next question comes from another one of our Patreon producers, Waka Hula, who wrote in and said, there are many reviewers and or game journalists who compare the two games 
Oh, I'm sorry. This is in reference to Breath of the Wild. That compared the two games, uh, adding that Breath of the Wild, quote, never realized the potential of its open world. And that's a quote from Tamor Hussein from GameSpot. Uh, so Wakahula's question is, so will Elden Ring finally replace Breath of the Wild as a standard comparison of open world games? Uh, I mean, first of all, I don't agree with that. I don't agree that it failed to recognize the potential of its open world. I I think, gun to my head, I would argue Breath of the Wild is probably the best open world, in my opinion. Um, so. To some extent, I agree with you, but it doesn't feel like a, a lived-in world, right? The only NPCs you really see out on the road are... Like Yiga clan in disguise. There's no real. You see, you see like, the merchants, quests. but it's like the same five people. Yeah, but it. But there's no like quests that you find people doing things in an area, and and you like talk to them, and and you understand what they're up to. But I kind of feel that like that's more of a progression of it because i feel like horizon forbidden west is doing the same thing like i'll be climbing up a mountain and they'll, yeah there'll be a green exclamation mark and i'll go over and i'll see what's going on and it'll it'll go into a cutscene, and it'll be like oh yeah i just uh carried this guy down from the mountain i think there's someone else up there if you you know i can't be bothered I to just, go check but if you want quest. to <laughs> <laughs> um I feel like that's the exact same thing that Elden Ring does. Like, there's a dude stood on top of a thing. He's like, please help me. There's all these monsters around, or my fort's yeah. been taken down south, so I'm stuck up here. That wasn't realized by Breath of the Wild. That's a fair point. And I could see them, I could see them doing that in Breath of the Wild too. What I think Breath of the Wild does a lot better than Elden Ring is the traversal. And... And Horizon Forbidden West does this too. The traversal is just so much better. The only skill you have in Elden Ring is is your horse. Your horse or, your, or you can jump. There's no climbing. There's no glider. There's no rappelling. There's no grapple. And that kind of stuff just feels so fucking great in those games. And I, I really miss it coming from Horizon into, into Elden Ring. It's just, also, I'm just galloping around again. And it really feels like a bit of a regression. There's no level of, of verticality. Like, I can jump down. But like I said, it's a real gamble as to if I jump down, I can't really judge as to whether I'm going to get hurt or I'm going to die or if I'm just going to be perfectly fine. Whereas I know in Breath of the Wild or in Horizon Forbidden West, I can just open my glider up and there's no problem whatsoever. Right, yeah. And I, I, I don't know, it's interesting because, like, I, I, I see what you mean with regards to Breath of the Wild in terms of, like, the story element of it. Like, where, like, this story of Breath of... Like, aside from the literal framing device of, like, here's what happened and here's why the world looks like this and blah, 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 blah. Like after that, it's kind of like whatever, right? Like none of that, that, that element yeah. of it isn't really explored a lot through story or character because that's not what Breath of the Wild is about, right? Like Zelda is not a character driven game, right? It's more about the world. Um, but I think that's the thing it does better than other games, right? Like the world of Breath of the Wild. I don't think that I've ever had as much fun exploring an open world. I've never felt as rewarded for exploration and, you know, like the whole like aha moment in Zelda, right? That like you get from solving puzzles, right? Then became about like, oh, like what's over this next hill? Like, oh, what's in this cave? Oh, like, you know, oh, there's a little town over here. I wonder what I'll find here. Like, those are things that I think it, it does better than pretty much any open world that I've experienced. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think given the the things that you're saying about the limits of traversal and, and some of those things, I think that, that that might stand in its way 
in terms of it being like looked at as like the stand the gold standard. But I think the bigger thing that will keep it from that is that it's just an inherently more niche title, right? Like not to say that the Souls games aren't popular, but they're not Breath of the Wild popular, right? Like I think this is a game for more hardcore players, right? And like Breath- it's like an indie movie, whereas Breath of the Wild is like a Hollywood blockbuster. Right. And like Horizon Forbidden West, even more so. Horizon Forbidden West is like a a Marvel movie or a Disney movie. It is, you know, you're watching a lot of cutscenes in between. Right. And that's how it tells the story. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I think the fact that Elden Ring just, like, it's their first at bat for like a true open world like means that like there are a lot of things that I'm sure it has to learn from contemporaries. So like, I don't know, maybe not this one, but maybe their next, if they do another open world game, like maybe because everybody's been saying that it really is an exceptional uh, exploration kind of experience. So like, I I bet you it'll be a game that comes up in the conversation when we're talking about like modern open worlds that blow people away. But I don't know. I just, I have a hard time thinking that something that millions of less people will play will be able to dethrone one of the most ubiquitously popular games of the last, you know, what, five, ten years. Um, So that's, like, absolutely not a slight at um, what Elden Ring's doing or, like, it's it's open world, just more to answer your question of, like, could it, could it replace it as the, that standard comparison? I just don't think so. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. Before we move on to the Horizon talk, I'm curious if you want to answer this question now or later. Yeah, but my, let's do it. My dad wrote in and asked if uh, what the best game of the year so far is. And I personally, from a critic standpoint, I think we know Elden Ring's probably going to win game of the year at the end of this year. I don't think anything's going to top it. I just can't see it. Uh, I think, I think this that is I... the prize at, at the Game Awards, and I, I just can't see it being topped. I don't agree. Uh, not to say that it couldn't, but that it is definitely going to win. I think totally depends on if any of the other games that are supposed to come out this year actually come out this year. If God of War comes out this year, I don't think Elden Ring has a fucking chance in hell, if I'm honest. Um, unless God of War has a sophomore slump situation where people are like, oh yeah, it's more God of War 2018. Cool. And like, it can't exceed its own hype. Then it is what it is. But if it's like a... If it hits the way that that game hit, I think that has a broader appeal than a Souls game. It got a war win game of the year first time around. I don't think it did. Uh, I think it did from the Game Awards, didn't it? Let me see. I didn't think it did, but you you could well be right. I personally, my favorite game of the year so far is Horizon Forbidden West, though. It was it was God of War. Okay. God so of War yeah, and Red Dead Redemption good. were tied. Were tied for most nominations, but God of War took Game of the Year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, we, you could be right. Um, and of course, Breath of the Wild Two is due out this year, so that one could clinch it as well. But, but to your um, point, though, uh, Elden Ring has something going for it that neither of those games do, which is that it's new. Like yeah. it's a new franchise from a beloved developer. It has the juice of, like, the Souls franchise, even though it's something actually fresh and new. So people could reward it for that, right? It's it's going to be newer and more novel than either of those 
games, even if they come out and are a slam dunk, they're going to be, okay, well, they're, they're follow-ups to, to some of the best games of all time. They better be good, right? Like, that, that, that is a tough thing to follow up sometimes. So, could be the case. But uh, but I'm I'm with you. For my money, the best game that I've played this year, I would say, is Horizon. Um, yeah. So so far, anyway, and I know we've only really had two big titles yeah. so far: po- Pokemon Legends, Horizon, and obviously Elden Ring. Now that's an easy um, one to punch for me right now. It's Horizon Pokemon. You know, um, we'll see. And I don't think Pokemon's ever in the running for Game of the Year. Really, no, not realistically. No. I it could it could maybe be in like best family title or something like that, but. Um, yeah, or JRPG. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see it get a nomination this year. Um, in in like well, JRPG that, that, or or does Scarlet and uh, whatever the other one's called get nominated instead? <laughs> Which we'll talk about on Nintendo. Night. Yeah, that's a whole. I got a lot of opinions about that. Um, I we'll see. We'll see. It's it's an interesting one. It really is. Uh, it's tough to say because we really just don't have an idea of what the rest of the year looks like yet. You know, so like it's kind of hard to, it's hard to nail it down. But I I. The thing I am most frustrated about is like this is just another situation where like Horizon's going to get snubbed because this game came out so close after it and everyone's going to be like, yeah, yeah, Horizon was cool or whatever. But then I played Elden Ring and it's like, all right, great. Awesome. Love to see that happen again. So Horizon will continue to not get its flowers and people will continue to act like it's not as good as it actually is. And I find that to be really frustrating, Um, but it is what it is. So speaking of uh, Horizon, let's let's have a little Horizon talk. So we're both still knee deep in Horizon. Have you finished it yet? Where are you at? No, because I switched on to to Elden Ring. Um, otherwise, I probably would finish it by now. Um, so I am on my way for the Hephaestus quest. Um, that's what I'm on my way to do. And if you know where where that is in the game, you'll know I'm pretty far in. So. I've probably got two or three main quests left to do, um, but I'm kind of eking out a little bit and going back and doing a bunch of the side quests because I actually really love the side quests in this game. I know they're called side quests, but they they're just as good like as meaty. the main quest. I love yeah. them. They're yeah. they're really good. I was gonna say I have a lot of updated thoughts now that I'm further in the game. That's my number one thought: is holy shit, the side quests are so much better in this game than in Horizon One. Right, and that's what I said. The quest level has stepped up a notch in I'm, this, and like <laughs> I feel like the actual side quests, they just call them errands and all of the other yeah. like million other categories that they've got, and I don't bother with any of those. But the actual side quests. They could just be main quests, but they're not mandatory to progress the main storyline, which I actually appreciate and like. But they are really, really good. I, I, I'm, I'm there with you. I think they're really good. They're really worth doing. And I've really struggled to advance the main game because of how much I'm enjoying doing the side stuff. Um, I did advance the main story and had a that crazy reveal that happens very early on that I'm yeah. very excited. Which is the one. Where I was like, oh, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've heard people say that. Um, I think it's pretty fucking interesting. Like, uh, it could go in a direction that I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, but when it first happened, my initial reaction was, what? Like, okay. Like, this is a real, it feels like a pivot 
like a like a crazy hard turn for where things could go, which is I don't know. I I'm 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 very engaged. I'm very interested in what's happening. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so you've seen Carrie Ann Moss now, Trinity from the Matrix. Oh yeah 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 yes. <laughs> yeah yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Did really they got her? <laughs> yeah. It's wacky. It's wacky, but. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm I'm into it. Uh, I I I liked that development so far. We'll see what happens, but um, I thought that was well, yeah. I mean, uh, so have you unlocked like the hub area yet? Like, where are you? Uh, I don't. Maybe I I don't think I have, but I believe I. So I I'll say where I am. I got past the kind of like end of the opening tutorial. I went and advanced the main quest and figured out this beat that you and I were just talking about and then since then I've gone a little bit further like I went to that there's that big settlement in the that you go and and meet up with you know um oh the one that looks like it's made all out of bamboo yeah and you meet up with like Varl and everything and like I started doing a bunch of side quests in that area so like you know I'm I'm love interest yes yeah I met her and everything and now I'm going to like meet up with them and in the next town that i imagine is going to be the hub but so yeah i'm probably like right on the cusp of that so apparently it's like mass effect that you can then just go and i don't know because i've obviously not played mass effect rather famously um you can come back and you chat to people there and you just have conversations it's really weird that they just want you to chat with them and they just tell you little tidbits of what's going on in their life oh i love that great awesome can't wait (laughs) can't wait for that um it's the number one way to make me like a game so yeah, uh, I'm I'm getting on with it. You know, like I, I very much elected to take my time with it. I've been waiting for this game for five years, and I'm really enjoying playing it. And I don't want to rush through the main story just to like get further along in it. I'm like happy to just take it at my pace. And like I think I'm nearing like fifteen twenty hours, and I'm barely I've barely moved the needle yeah. on the story. And like that, that's kind of how I played it. So the way I played it was, oh look at what level the main quest says I should be. And if I'm around two under, I'll attempt it. I'll do it. Yeah. So if the quest level is like 24 and I'm level 22, I'll be like, yeah, I'll go do it. And then ultimately the next quest is usually like six to seven levels. I need to be higher. And then at that point, I'll go do a bunch of side quests, level up, and then I'll be like, right, okay, I think I'm ready to go do the next main quest mission and I'll come back and loop back around to it. And I feel like that's a good way to play yeah. because you then get the special equipment and items that the main quest gives you and you can then utilize that in the rest of the world. That's more or less what I've been doing. Like every time I'm like within two levels of like when I finally advanced the story, I was like, okay, like it says I'm, I should be, you know, 15 and I'm 17 or whatever. So I was like, I should do this and and move it along a little bit. And then I can, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of pivot back to side quests and stuff. So yeah, I'm really trying to just like keep up with all of the things that are being introduced so that I'm not getting to the end game. And then like, Oh, I have all this stuff from when I was like level 10. Like, let me double back, you know, like, I'm 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 trying to take my time and just enjoy it. Um and yeah, yeah it's it's, it's exactly what I want right now. It's like that that everlasting gobstopper type deal where it's just like let me just keep coming back to this and putting in if I've got 20 minutes, if I've got 6 hours, like, you know, let me do whatever I'm going to do and, you know, um 
I'm just going to try to live in this world as long as I can. I, I think I might go for mm-hmm. the platinum. I think I might just go for the 80 hours and you know, we'll see what happens. But um, I, I couldn't. The platinum's like filling out a Pokedex. That's just, you know, you have to find and beat every single monster in the game. It's just no way. Yeah, but I mean, it would be fun. And those Apex, the Apex machines is just crazy. Have you encountered those yet? Not yet. So they're just like the Apex monsters in Monster Hunter. They're just the normal machines, but just a little bit harder with some extra special weapons and more shielding. And so they just take a little bit longer. Like I took down, um, are they Thunderjaws? Is that what they're called? Yeah, the T-Rexes. Yeah, so I took down one of those. It took me 45 minutes at like, and I started it at like one in the morning. I was like, there is no way I'm going to bed until I've taken this thing down. And I was just still going 45 minutes out. I'm like, <laughs> fucking hell. Is this ever going to end? Yeah. But it was satisfying. I appreciate that. That's definitely, uh, I, I really love those fights. Like, I find them to be so rewarding. And, like, that's one of my favorite things about Horizon is, like, how fucking hard it is to. Like, I keep being in situations where there's, like, three machines trying to attack me, and I'm like, I can barely get through this fight because I'm, like, just not strong enough yet. But, like, just through fucking sheer grit and determination, you know, you, like, fight your way out. It's like, yeah, all right, fuck you. And then you go and upgrade all your stuff, and then it's like, next time I'm coming back, I'm going to fuck you up. Like, I love learning all the elemental combinations and, like, starting to, like, memorize them and be like, okay, right, like. He's got the green canister. Good. Let me just blow that up right now. Take him out. Pin down oh, the yeah. other one. Go yeah. Oh, I love the overcharge stuff. It's so satisfying. So yeah. So yeah, I I I'm just so into what this game does, and and like it just it it scratches all the right itches for me, you know. And like I've been waiting for this game, and like it is like the exact opposite of the like problem I described with um with what happened with me in Deathloop where I was like really liking it, but I bounced, like I hit that point where I took a break and I would like was more clicking with Metroid. Cause that was more the game I was in the mood for. Like, this is exactly the game I'm in the mood for right now. And I've kind of been like spinning my tires waiting for this game. And now it's like, Oh yes, it's just, it's just checking all the boxes for me, you know? So I'm, I couldn't be happier that I have a ton of time left in it. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be, <laughs> knee deep in this for a while but i'm thinking my plan right now is i'm gonna just play this at my pace and enjoy it and and get through it when i get through it and if i'm still interested in trying elden ring at that point i think i'll i'll try to give it a go but i have a feeling that you're gonna play it for another few hours and be like i just can't do it and i'm gonna be like yeah that's good enough for me <laughs> yeah i i think you're probably right at the moment i think my heart is still with horizon and maybe that's part of the problem i just want to finish one game but i wanted to get a good number of hours in um before i i gave some kind of to give some kind of thought on elden ring uh and and I'm it could well did. be that i just haven't played enough you made you made the sacrifice and i appreciate that <laughs> oh man but yeah uh we did have one question here uh, that relates to this section that I, I wanted to respond to, and we can close it out here, unless you've got any more thoughts on Horizon right now. No, not at the moment. All right. Game of the year, everybody. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. 
So uh, Asobi wrote in and said, due to the Killzone hate in the last episode, I want to ask Pete if he's played any of the Killzone games and why he dislikes them. Ignoring the PS1 or the PS4 one here, but the original three I thought were pretty good. So I, I, I feel like I ex- explicitly said that I was not trying to hate on Killzone. Like I, I respect the people that vibe with Killzone. The point I was more making was that. Killzone was never popular, right? Like, Killzone was never a bestseller. It was never an Uncharted. It was never even, like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't even think it was on the level of some of their other, like, yeah, right. Like, some of their other less popular franchises, you know? Um, I think that Killzone is generic looking, and, like, it, it just doesn't, like, it's another... Which is exactly what Zaid and other people have said about Horizon, right? They're yeah, like a generic. I mean, I just—that was some of the comments we were talking about last week. I just don't think that makes sense, right? And like, I, I, I consistently have said, like, I find that to be a really baffling opinion. There's no other. There's and people that love Killzone might say the exact same thing. Yeah, but let me let me make my point though, right? Like, there is no other franchise that is like Horizon. Right, like there is no other medium ma- major media franchise in any medium that is a like post-apocalyptic universe where humanity has fallen and re-risen and reverted to like you know like a tribalism kind of cultural for like you know um, breakdown or whatever, right? However you want to say that. In a world filled with giant robot monsters. Like, that is a very unique elevator pitch. It is visually unique. It is visually interesting and stunning. And, like, it has its own style and flair and flavor going on, right? Killzone is another gray, first-person, futuristic military shooter. Like, I'm sorry. And, like, again, like, that's not to throw shade at it, but it's just, like, there are a lot of other franchises that look and sound and feel a lot like Killzone. Um, so I just, I, it's, it's not at all, uh, uh, like, me thinking, like, Killzone is, like, shit or, like, or, or anything like that. It's just, I don't think Killzone is, is special, I don't think it's, like, unique, and I don't think it ever, like, set the world on fire, right? So, like, even if they played well, they were just not very popular. And the idea that they would go from Horizon, a game which I'm pretty sure the first entry in it eclipsed the lifetime sales of Killzone to go back to Killzone. That was more my point, you know? I I could see it if it was, like, a Killzone game-as-a-service game, though. I, I could see them attempting I mean, something maybe. like that, but Killzone becomes their Call of Duty, um, what is it called, Warzone. Yeah, but it's like... They could have like their online game in that genre with... I get... And, and maybe not get Gorilla to make it, but they just use that franchise, use that asset, get Gorilla to assist. You yeah, know, if someone else yeah. builds it, like they're getting Fire Sprite to do the VR game and Gorilla's assisting with it. Yeah, I mean, maybe, and, like, m- maybe so, but it's just, like, I just don't, I don't feel like that IP has that much value. Like, I like again, like, I'm just saying, right? Like, we we podcast, right? Like, I've been doing this for a long time. If we were to do a, a podcast where we were, like, what are the PlayStation franchises that need to come back? How many people are writing in to say Killzone? You know? 
Like, and, and again, like, I'm not, this is not a value judgment. This isn't me critiquing Killzone or anything. It's just like, I don't think Killzone ever had heat, right? I would rather see yeah. them bring back fucking Resistance from Insomniac before I would want to see them bring back Killzone. Killzone feels like a bland military shooter, right? Like, at least Resistance had those, like, fucking wacky-ass guns and, like, the crazy aliens and every Like, that had more personality. And, like, that's what I think Killzone was missing, was that, like, you could confuse Killzone for other games in the genre, I think. Right? If you just look at a screenshot of Killzone, out of context. Google Killzone right now and look at a screenshot of Killzone. And tell me that it doesn't look like any other military shooter. I, I, I did Google it. It did look a little bit like Call of Duty meets Destiny. And it was, you know, I guess a bit generic. Or yeah. like meets, yeah, right? And it's like even like the Killzone guy like kind of reminds me of like the Brotherhood of Steel from Fallout. Like, I just, I don't think oh, it's... Oh, no, the Killzone guy, look, like of the front cover, he he absolutely looked like the... The guy from like Call of Duty Black Ops. Oh, there we go. With the like right? war mask thing. The fact that either of us can be like, oh, it kind of looks like this other thing, and it kind of looks like this thing, and it kind of like Horizon doesn't have that problem, right? Like, and I and I and again, I don't I don't think Gorilla needs to just be the Horizon studio from now on. But my point is, when when you see that they made this, right? Like, I'd rather see them make something else that's new and and fresh and not like Killzone was very much of its time. You know, like that, that those, kind of like those those early Killzone games, like Asobi's right, ninety one on Metacritic for for Killzone two. Sure, again, right. This isn't to say they were bad, but like they weren't popular, right? Like I I I googled Killzone lifetime sales, and the most recent yeah, it wasn't a lot. The most recent article I can find is from two thousand fourteen, and it says Killzone Shadowfall, which I believe was the last one. On PS4, right? It was PS4, yeah. yeah. That one sold 2.1 million copies. That's, uh, what? Horizon just sold 10, or just past 10, yeah. or something like that. I, I feel like the, the Vita game might come out a little bit later than that, but, you know, it's not going to have sold it any more than the PS4 version, is it? So, to answer your question, Asobi, right? Like, it's it's not a matter of, like, me disliking them or, like, having an axe to grind with Killzone. It's more just, like, I don't think Killzone is worth Gorilla or PlayStation's time to go back to as an IP, personally. I just, I feel like if they feel like they need a shooter to compete and, and like, have their own thing, I think they'd be better off trying to develop a new shooter that is like more informed by what people want out of shooters in 2022 than what they wanted out of shooters in the PS3 era, right? Um, I mean, they, they own Destiny 2 now, so do they really need to? Probably not. Um, so then, yeah, and then just to answer your other question in terms of like which ones have I, have I tried, I think it was... I think it was Killzone 3, 2 or 3. I had like have literally put hands on. I had a friend who um it was my roommate in college actually. He had PS Now for a little bit and like I think one of them was on game streaming there and like he and I were like sampling a bunch of PS3 exclusive we had never played because we were both poor and didn't have a PS3. So like I've I've touched it like I have an idea of what like what the gunplay felt like and everything, but like I've never like played through a kill zone and i mean frankly it's not really something i'm interested in you know and like i like a single player story shooter as much as the next guy but yeah i just i don't know i just i don't think it feels 
like something that has uh staying power in 2022 was more the intent behind that comment mm-hmm. so just to clarify um and that's the thing like if they brought back Killzone I wouldn't be like oh fuck that it's more just like is that really what you want this studio to be doing after they finally they went from being the Killzone studio and they were making this franchise that like a pretty small number of people were really ride or die about versus now they have Horizon which is like what one of their best selling franchises so i i feel like probably sony but even to a bigger extent gorilla are probably more interested in like stretching their creative muscles and doing something new or continuing to iterate on horizon which is still a fresh idea for that studio uh in the grand scheme of things right they made like four or five kill zone games before they moved on to something else so the idea that like they maybe want to close out the horizon trilogy and then move on to a new IP, I think makes a lot more sense than to be like, okay, let's go back and make our sixth Killzone game now. That's what we need to do after we finally broke out of that rut, you know? Yeah. I mean, do you see what I mean, though, about that bombshell? And I don't see where the game goes for, like, the third one at this point, unless it's something totally drastically different. Um, yes. I can talk to you off mic about it, but, like... something big would change in the third one i think because of that i yeah we'll have to talk about that off mic i have i have some thoughts about it but i can see what you mean but i can also see ways in which it can swerve so yeah it it absolutely could i've not finished the game yet like it could be that you know that's just a blip and it goes back to being half of the course and the next game she's got to save the world again yeah or well, I have thoughts. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a spoiler cast and we can talk about it on that. I would love to. Yeah. So uh, on that note, we'll wrap it here for today. Uh, thank you all for uh, joining us here on another episode of the Flip Screen Games podcast. Thank you so much to all of our uh, listeners who wrote in this week. Um, I hope that y'all who are playing Elden Ring, I know many of you in the community are, I hope that you're enjoying it. Um, definitely write in and let us know what you think about the conversation we had today because I'm, I'm definitely interested in hearing thoughts from folks who are like more into this series and what are they thinking about it and you know are there is there is there something that we're missing and like is there a mindset that maybe we need to adopt to try to go in with an open mind because um, despite the fact that <clears throat> that they I've never connected with one I, I sure would like to I'd like to try so sell me sell me everybody and uh, and maybe Maybe we'll see what we can make. I mean, yeah, we were sold when when Richard came on Nintendo Noise and yeah. sold us on on Metroid Dread. It could just be we need someone who's passionate about the game, explain it in a way who knows us and knows our tastes, and it's just like this is how you click and and um, and get on with the game. Yeah, so please, I'd love to hear your thoughts and uh, let us know. Let us know what you're thinking about the game and how you're enjoying your time with it. And, uh, you know, why don't you write in with your answer to Andy's question and tell us what you think the best game of the year is so far. I'd love to hear what everyone's thinking. Um, I bet we'll get some varied answers. So, with that, you know, remember to go ahead over to the Flipscreen.Games website. Flipscreen.Games, you can get links to all the places that you can interact with the show. Remember to give us a like. Remember to give us a rating. Remember to share us with a friend. If you want to show your support, head over to the Patreon. Go get some goodies. We got some good stuff. We're going to be ranking chocolate bars over there. I hope, you know, maybe we make that episode available for everybody in a couple of weeks so they can get a taste of that fine program because I, I feel like that one's one for the history books. So, 
Uh, if you're interested in let, that, let us know. Head over to the Patreon. Show your support. Whatever you can do. Uh, we love y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of the Flip Screen Games Podcast. Take it easy.